We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Blue Wire. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire and BetOnline.ag. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Today's episode, we are talking about Dodgeball. It's one of my favorites. It's probably one of your favorites. It's a movie I've been wanting to cover since the day I started this podcast. I was pumped when my guests mentioned wanting to cover it. That guest is Tim Miller. You can usually catch Tim writing some of my favorite pieces about politics. I've been a big fan of his for years. I was thrilled when he wanted to come on the show and when he suggested covering dodgeball instead of a traditional sports movie, that was just the uh, the cherry on top. It was a thrill to have Tim on talk about dodgeball instead of debates. Uh, but we did get to talk a little bit about White Goodman's political preferences. I would be very interested to hear what everyone else thinks about uh, where White Goodman casts his ballots. Uh, you could let me know at the Big Screen Sports Facebook group. Take a question from that group every episode. Uh, good one on today's episode. We recorded this one a few weeks ago, but this past weekend he had a great piece on our president's most recent attempt at a rally. It was one I really enjoyed. Tim's work is always great. I'm thrilled I got to talk dodgeball with him. Everyone go give him a follow. All his info will be in the show notes. And go check out the bulwark. They are doing really important work in this day and age. One of my favorites. So everyone check that out. If you're a first-time listener, go back, check out old episodes on other sports movies. Most everything on this pod is pretty evergreen. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Next week, we've got this month's non-sports movie of the week, another Vince Vaughn classic. We are talking swingers. But for now, let's dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge with Tim Miller. Okay, joining me for today's episode of Big Screen Sports, one of my favorite people in political discourse, which is a really hard thing to be these days. He's a writer for The Bulwark, Tim Miller. Tim, thanks so much for joining me today. Kyle, I'm so excited to uh, to talk about something besides Donald Trump for a little while. 
Yeah, yeah, just for a little while. Uh, before we get into today's movie, which is one of my favorites, uh, you've had great pieces in the last couple months on everything from Clay Travis to Dan Crenshaw to Obamagate. Uh, where can the folks find your work and what can they expect from you coming up at The Bulwark? Yeah, awesome. Um, uh, at thebulwark.com is where you can find all my stuff. I've got something coming up here uh, called In Defense of Virtue Signaling. Um, that hopefully will be kind of a cheeky take on uh, how we all used to get really riled up about virtue single signaling and the things like the ice bucket challenge and how, how quaint that seems now um, uh, uh, when we have a president who specializes in vice signaling. So uh, I hope that folks can enjoy that. And um, I'm writing for Time to Time in the Rolling Stone as well. I did a fun thing on our absurd uh, a ridiculous press secretary uh, a few weeks ago there. So uh, people can check that out as well. And um, uh, uh, from time to time on the Bulwark podcast, if you do want to hear me talk politics. And where can they find you on social media? Ah, social media. Yes, I spend too much time there. Twitter at, uh, t- yeah, Twitter at Tim ODC, though I, I left DC. Um, and, and actually, I guess you're, you're in South Texas. So I will tell you that the uh, genesis of the name is really Team ODC. And my my second cousin, uh, who was in San Antonio, uh, his, also, his name was Timothy, also went by Timo, uh, which my parents thought was cool. Um, and so even though I uh, this is cultural appropriation somewhat, uh, my family does call me Timo. So it's really Team ODC on Twitter. Well, everyone go follow Tim. Tim, you've been one of my, my favorite people in political content for a long time, uh, ever since the, the cuck zone, which any, any fans of another podcast will, will remember. But today, thankfully, we're not here to talk about Donald Trump. We're not here to talk about politics. We're here to talk about dodgeball. Are those who are born to be champions. Here at Globo Gym, we're better than you. And we know it. <laughs> and then there are these guys. Boom, boom, boom. Do you know why I'm here? How do you mean cosmically? You have 30 days to pay off your mortgage or you lose your gym. Who would want to buy this place anyway? Okay. We can't just let Global Gym take us over. If there was any way in the world we could raise $50,000, we could play dodgeball. Line up, ladies! The name's Patches O'Houlihan. And I'm your new coach. You gotta get angry! I guess I'm not really an angry person. Are you angry now? Well, at least that wasn't weird. Dodgeball, a true underdog story. You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? The 2004 Dodgeball Comedy starred Vince Vaughn, Ben Stiller, Christine Taylor, and Justin Long. It was written and directed by Ross and Marshall Thurber, his directorial debut. Got a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, grossed $114 million at the domestic box office on a budget of $23 million. This film was just a hit. It was a part of big runs for Stiller and Vince Vaughn. It's one of my favorite comedies. And but but before we get into breaking the movie down, I ask every first time guest this, Tim, what makes for you what makes a good sports movie? Yeah, so here is where uh Dodgeball was a little bit of a um uh unusual choice for me because I um am a bit of a soft boy and you know, mostly like uh movies that are uh, kind of sad or plaintive or have a, uh, a dramatic, you know, humanizing story that I can, uh, that I can grasp onto. And so, you know, for me, like the best of the best sports movies are, um, you know, the ones that give you the tingles, the ones that have, um, that, that the don't have, moment. yeah, the ones that have the big chill moment. Exactly. Um, 
uh, uh, you know, with uh, accepting out the ones that have the big chill moment, but then utterly fail to uh, uh, accurately represent sports during the sports time. That's that's you know the biggest no no in a sports movie. Which luckily you don't have to worry about so much in dodgeball about whether the person has a good throwing arm or whether they actually look like they can shoot a basketball. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, my favorite ones of all time are you know the classics, of course, the Hoosiers. And, um, you know, the, fr- the Friday night lights and, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the field of dreams and the bull Durham. But, um, I do have, you know, kind of a soft spot for, um, a, a, a well-executed, uh, sports comedy, um, such as basketball or happy Gilmore or what we're here to talk about today. Uh, the great sport of dodgeball. Oh, you kind of mentioned like a sports comedy doesn't really much rely as much on the actual sports action looking good. But this movie actually, I think, does a good job of that. We'll we'll go into it later. Tim, for you, is Dodgeball a Hall of Fame all-star starter or bench warmer sports movie? Well, I think it's an all-star. Uh, you know, it's in that, as I said, I think it's in that top echelon of sports comedies. Um, I don't, are there any sports comedies that are at the Hall of Fame level? I, don't know I think the if you consider if Caddyshack, you consider maybe. Major League and Caddy yeah Major League and Caddyshack sports comedies I think they're Hall of Fame and Tim I'm gonna say it this is a Hall of Fame sports movie for me really I I, I love this movie so this is a movie one thing it's it's remained in the consciousness it's still quoted they still do ESPN eight the Ocho every year. It's lasted a lot more than many just straight up comedies of that decade, and it's a mix of you know slapstick, tons of funny quotes. It's a movie that for me, and it, it's probably bias. I, I saw it when I was younger. I remember the theater I saw it in, who I saw it with, and then I watched. You know, I burned the DVD out watching it a million times. So it, it's a Hall of Fame in terms of sports comedies for me. And there's not a lot of them, like you said, that actually reach Hall of Fame level. I'd say like Major League and Caddyshack. That might be about it. Man, okay. Well, you might have convinced me. I mean, I love Dodgeball, but I always considered it more of a personal love that separated it from, uh, 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 you know, putting on my objective movie reviewer hat. But I'm not an objective movie reviewer. I'm, you know, I'm just a human. I'm just a man. So maybe, maybe it is a Hall of Famer for me. But uh, borderline, borderline. I, I, I definitely um, uh, think that. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say that it's in the same it's in the same league as as uh, as Major League and Caddyshack. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's probably it's call. not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, there you go. Um, one of the one, I always say one <laughs> Dale of Dale Murphy. Bill, yeah, exactly. One of Bill Simmons's greatest contributions to society is coming up with that basketball pyramid, mm-hmm. and it's not like a top tier in the pyramid of the Hall of Fame. It's, For sure, you know, it's in the bottom. But I I think it makes it, and and part of that reason is this. Something I want to ask you. This is the like the peak of Vince. Vince Vaughn is on, and I mean Stiller, Stiller as well, because he's coming off. He's got like had meet the parents recently and stuff. But but Vince Vaughn's like o three to o five is just an incredible time in in comedic acting. He stars in this. He stars in Wedding Crashers. He stars in Old School. Then he has supporting roles in Starsky and Hutch, Anchorman, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is a movie that I, I, I think I like more than I probably should. For you, what's the peak of Vince Vaughn's 03 to 05? Because I... In the last 20 years, I can't remember a comedic actor having as much power as he did at that time. Yeah, well, Sandler maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's a big run. I I, I would say, um, I, I, I guess I'd have to go with Wedding Crashers. I, I just, Wedding Crashers was a cultural phenomenon. 
and um you know dodgeball was too i guess to to i think dodgeball's had that staying power that you're talking about but in the moment um i just remember feeling like wedding crashers was you know the comedy of the year i'd have to go back and look at that 05 year but you're right um i mean it's just an absolutely uh, an absolutely incredible run i'm trying to think when was you know when was vaughn's when did he you know come onto the scene I'm trying to remember. He came on with he was in Rudy and he was the uh I think he was the running back and Rudy was the the white running back but then um, okay. I think his comedic coming onto the scene was Swingers. Right. And so and what I year think was Swingers, Swingers was not, I think Swingers was 96 and then he did like kind of a bunch of weird shit for the rest of the 90s like he was in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake or no the Psycho remake. He was in the Psycho remake, and he did some he did some interesting stuff, and then he gets back into to comedy with Old School, and just go just rips off some great movies. Yeah, huge run. Um, I also wanted to throw out there um, uh, as as I was as I was rewatching this last week, um, and I was looking at the Stephen Root character. I looked this up because he was also, I guess, at this point at the end of a a pretty massive uh, supporting actor run. Where you know he had gone from a lot of a lot of my personal favorite movies from um, uh, well I guess TV shows first but he was in news radio which was an un- amazingly underrated comedy TV show in the late nineties this is so this is where maybe I'm a little older than you so I got like the late nineties movies are, are my um, are you know are my formative peak um, but uh, he's in news radio he's in office space he's in oh brother where art thou and then he's yeah, in Dodge office Ball. space is my Stephen Root introduction. Yeah. And then he just pops up in everything for the next 20 years for me. Cause he's in, he's like this amazing character actor. Yeah, huge. And so, yeah, those were all favorites for me. So now we're, we're in the middle of a big Vaughn root peak run there in the early aughts. But, uh, I, I would say that, um, uh, uh maybe root had, had hit his peak with, with, you know, office space and Oh brother and was on the way down and, and Vaughn was right about to peak. He was right about to summit at, uh, at wedding crashers. Yeah, I would say Crashers is probably the peak, especially at the time. I mean, it, yeah, it, right. that and Old School pretty much brought the R-rated comedy back. Uh, Dodgeball has aged a bit better than than Wedding Crashers, just kind of the premise of Wedding Crashers. Like, obviously, it's hard to compare 2005 comedy to, uh, you know, 2020. But it, Dodgeball, it, you know, if you're watching from, like, a PC lens, has aged a little bit better. Yeah, they um, both have some issues on that front. Do. I haven't rewatched Wedding Crashers, but yeah, in the Me Too era, maybe Wedding Crashers isn't holding up as well. I, I just it, it's a it's a good point. I don't know if we were to get into this later, but I, while we're while we're talking about it, the thing that struck me the most rewatching Dodgeball, uh, especially the very beginning, there's this opening scene with Vaughn where he's in his house and he's like listening to his voice messages. Um, you know, and he, and, uh, uh, he gets into his car and goes to work. And, and I, I feel like the cultural separation, um, you know, right there in those movies in 03, 04, 05 versus now is starting to feel very different. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of when I was a kid, I, I felt like the wonder years, like when I watched the wonder years as a kid, like that seemed like that was a million years ago. And really it was like 15 years before, uh, you know, it aired. And, and I kind of feel that way now about these movies that came out in 03 and 04 and 05, where it was right before just a massive technological revolution that overhauled everything and so i was watching dodgeball both on the 
uh, you know, I guess problematic scale, if you will, in a couple of areas, uh, and also on the technology scale that it was starting to feel, even though the content holds up well, uh, uh, you know, it, it definitely was, it was starting to feel like it was from a separate era. It was making me feel old. I pulled out a couple of grays after watching it. I had the voicemail from the video store that, that when I ever, whenever yes, I watched that's it, what it was, the voicemail from the video store. Yeah, whenever I eventually watch this with my kid, that's going to be a weird one to explain. Like, yeah, you used to have to drive somewhere and rent a couple movies, and obviously Peter Lafleur is not is not timely in bringing those back. <laughs> the The last kind of question I have for you before we really dive into it, I I couldn't have one of my favorite political writers on the show yep. and just not ask. I I'm watching White Goodman kind of conduct his business over the uh, you know the course of course of the movie. And I had to wonder, who do you think he's pulling? Is someone with with some definite expertise in the 2016 Republican primary? Because I think we can agree White Goodman is probably not voting Democrat. I don't think that that lines up with him very much. But who do you think White Goodman was supporting in 2016? I love this game, uh, particularly in Republican primary politics, because the, the supporters of the candidates were so stereotypical. I don't. Uh, um, I was uh, with Jeb, obviously, for folks who don't know. Um, uh, White was uh, definitely a Donald Trump supporter, um, and and so much so that I I was I don't know that I've rewatched Dodgeball during the Trump era. Maybe I kind of had it like on in a background, but I hadn't I hadn't really closely watched it like I did this week. And it was alarming to me the number of character traits that that White shares with Donald Trump Jr. I mean, they are. Um, uh, uh, exceedingly similar uh, personality types um, with the, you know, kind of overcompensating uh, mat- faux masculinity, um, the deeply insecure, uh, deeply insecure, extremely childish um, uh, insults, uh, the chip, you know, carrying a chip on one shoulder. I don't think Donald Trump Jr. is a former fat kid, but uh, maybe besides that, uh, there, that might be the one area where there's not an overlap, but, but it, there were a number of times where I, I felt like little, um, vignettes of white could have, could have just as easily been Donald Trump Jr. And so, uh, yes, you, you'd certainly see, um, uh, see him as a, uh, as a Donald Trump supporter. And, and I, and I do, you do figure that Peter LaFleur is, is, is probably your classic, you know, Beto into Joe, into Joe Biden, bro. You know, so I, I think that you have. I thought about uh, that, but I also feel like Peter Lafleur just doesn't vote, especially early movie probably, Peter Lafleur. He, I don't think right. he, I don't think he votes. That could be right, uh, a non-voter. But you could see Donald Trump Jr. with like the little dick pump that White that White Goodman had. You could oh, see, see him roll into the roll into the RNC, rocking that thing. Um, let's go into the IMDb trivia. I just picked out a few kind of interesting ones, stuff to note on. Uh, according to many cast members, the hardest part of filming the dodgeball scenes was not flinching when they knew they were about to be hit by a ball. This movie, this movie is very much a modern slapstick comedy. There is a lot of a lot of vicious hits on these people, and I can imagine that'd be very tough. Yeah, the physical humor is um, is significant uh, here, uh, which I, uh, which I think helps um, kind of drive the. Uh, 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 you know, drive the comedic side of it along in a few, in a few, at a few points. Um, 
I I will say just in general. Now I'm not I'm not the type of person that that like watches very closely for like movie gaffes. You know, I'm trying to enjoy myself. But so so you know, with that caveat, you don't really notice a lot of times where they are pulling up. Um, uh, you know, they, they're taking the dodgeball hits pretty straight on, um, in, in most of these clips. I, I have no idea. Maybe, maybe, you know, from the trivia, how, how many, um, you know, takes they did on a lot of this stuff. But I mean, these, uh, particularly Justin Long is just getting wailed on in this movie. Well, part of the trivia was that his eyebrow was actually cut open by the first wrench thrown at him. <laughs> it was, it was a rubber wrench, but the first was harder than, than others, um, Patton Oswalt did the voice work for the scene where, uh, Ben Stiller is having, is basically trying to masturbate with a piece of pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also the video, video store clerk, uh, who left the message on Peter's answering machine. So shouts to, shouts to Patton Oswalt. This was my favorite piece of IMDb trivia. It's one of Dame Helen Mirren's favorite movies, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Really? I found that very interesting. <laughs> Huh. Well, that's giving me a whole different different view on Dame Helen Mirren, I guess. I know, I, I know. I would love to watch this movie with her. I would like to see her laugh at some of this shit. <laughs> uh, the last one I've got, and it's kind of interesting to me because I, I didn't know this, the DVD contains an alternate ending where Average Joe's team loses the final match and the movie goes to the credits as the announcer exclaims that they are going home with absolutely nothing. This was apparently sacked after test audiences were unhappy with it. I I think I would have I would I don't think I would like this movie nearly as much if that was the ending. Um, totally agree with that. Um, uh, it's no so, uh, and you know generally um, uh, in a lot of sports movies. When you asked what a great sports movie was earlier, like the you know you want the the agony and the ecstasy, right? You know, I mean the fact that um, uh, you're not necessarily you know, always looking for, uh, uh, for the, for the storybook, for the storybook ending, um, in a, in a comedy of this nature, uh, um, I, I definitely think it would have, uh, uh, left us feeling short. You kind of need the faux big chill moment in, in a comedy, but also, I mean, some of the best content is from the last, what, eight minutes, uh, however many minutes of the movie. I mean, you have the, um, the very memeable, uh, Chuck Norris thumbs up moment, uh, uh, um, which would have, I guess, been cut if, or, or yeah, did you, they lose the match, or do they? I think they, they did, lost the match. But if so you I guess do you that, you still cut had the, the Norris celebration. Moment. Yeah, you cut the celebration though, and there's you you cut Steve the pirate coming back, which is one of my favorite parts. Yeah, the Steve the pirate return, and then you also would um lose um uh the uh, bisexual moment, which was I think pretty key. The oh snap moment. Yeah. So um, I, 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 I did not know that either, and I, I concur that I probably would be on here doing a basketball show with you or something had they, had yeah. they gone with the original ending. It probably wouldn't have stuck with me as much. Definitely would be a Hall of Famer. Let's roll into best scene. I'm going to do these chronologically if I miss one of your favorites. But I mean, Holler, I tried right. to. It was hard to, uh, it was hard to pick like just a few because I, I love so much about this movie. I love the opening with the Globo Gym commercial where you're like, oh my God, Ben Stiller's going all out in this one. And so here is where, um, you know, what might be preventing me from getting to Hall of Fame on this movie is that um, I, I have to admit, I just, I really dislike Ben Stiller. 
And I don't really like any Just of the other... Just in general or in this movie? In general. Like, I don't really like any of the other Ben Stiller comedies. Um, I don't like Meet the Parents. Um, uh, you know, I think that he is by far the weakest link in Tenenbaums. Um, and so the only thing that kind of prevents uh, him from ruining this for me is that he's playing the heel and I hate Ben Stiller. So, you know, there's kind of a natural synergy there. Um, but I do think that prevents me from, you know, fully appreciating, uh, uh, the comedy and some of the, in some of the Globo gym moments, like what you're, like what you're talking about. I'm not the biggest Stiller guy, but I think this is my favorite Stiller performance. And it's something it's so weird besides his performance in heavyweights, which is kind of like the same character in a bit. He doesn't, do the kooky thing really well it's more like the neurotic irritable guy which isn't always isn't always but i'm not as big like the best part of meet the parents for me is de niro it isn't stiller um i'm kind of in the in the same way but i the globo gym commercial is almost like it's a very shocking thing it's like oh shit like this is this is a weird kooky performance i guess i would be very remiss if i did not mention that uh He's he does he does just quite quite well in Zoolander, oh, and yeah. I think yeah. it, I think Zoolander is such a departure from you know his normal you know kind of shtick that um, uh, he embodies the character so well that I, I'm kind of able to separate my Stiller hate um, from from Derek in a way that I can't from White, um, and you know obviously Owen Owen Wilson carries Zoolander, uh, but uh, but I would have to say that Zoolander is my favorite my favorite Stiller performance. I don't I don't even know if I can think of another one that I even like him in. I don't like him in something about Mary. Maybe there's some 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 deep cut i'm not thinking of he was okay and what was the movie where he was like uh, uh what was it called greenberg or something like that yeah that was yeah that was more that was more of a dark comedy wasn't it yeah i thought he was all right yeah um the next scene i've got is peter's first morning walking into joe's like starting with the it basically it's the the globo gym commercial rolls off and you get you know you get peter's kind of intro brushing his teeth with the yoohoo but he it serves as the when he walks into Joe's, it serves as the perfect intro for every character. Like Peter's likable, he's respected by the oddballs. He's just generally like you can tell he's a good dude. He's giving the dating advice and helping everyone. Um, Owen's a loser. Gordon is a like a weird nerdy dad. Justin is living the high school nightmare, and Steve is a pirate. It's a good intro for everyone. Yeah, I mean, literally everybody. The Justin intro is fantastic. Um, uh, while we're doing it, while I'm just, you know, uh, doing full disclosure, um, I was like you, I can remember, um, where I was when I saw this, I was, um, uh, on a, I'd been sent, I was working for the Republican Governors Association at the time. I'd been sent in the last couple months of the 04 campaign to Delaware because there was a campaign that got really close in the end. And so I didn't know anybody in Delaware and I was just sent there to, to, to do a job. And so I was alone. And I went to go see the movie by myself at a movie theater in in Delaware, and uh, and uh, um, uh, thoroughly enjoyed myself. Just remember laughing to tears in a couple of positions, not in this one, but uh, I, I come around that to say that I was at the time also in the closet, and I do have to admit that Justin Long, um, you know, here in his initial effort as as the wimpy soft boy, um, you know, was I was having some private feelings about that in the Justin Long intro. I really love Justin Long because he he got this role because of Galaxy Quest, which is another movie that is right? criminally underrated. And then um, he was also in Accepted, which is a movie that isn't 
that good, but I really like it. I can't, and I think it's just because of Justin Long. I, what I really was that TV work. show that he was in with the bowling alley? That was around this time too, right? Oh, I don't. That I don't think that was on my radar. Oh, I gotta Google it. I had to watch it just for Justin Long. I mean, this is like this is again. Now we're talking about the different eras. You know, you don't have DVR, you don't have Netflix, so you're kind of punished. And this was like one of those shows that must have aired on like a Friday or Saturday or Sunday night. There's there's nothing else to watch if you're stuck at home. What was it? I'm googling it. Ed. The show is called Ed. Yeah, I don't think I ever checked this is, that one this out. This is this is something this is something worth googling. It's like a really bad early aughts early aughts um, show. That probably, in honesty, if we went back and if you did go back and watch an episode, you might be like, "This is terrible." And and Tim really only liked this because he had a secret crush on Justin Long. I'm not sure, <laughs> or it could also be great. I'm not sure. There's, Ed, I mean, there's plenty there. There's plenty of shows that I've watched for that exact same reason. So I can't <laughs> fault you. Um, the next season I've got is the the Patches O'Hulahan dodgeball video, which gets me in fits. Like I was. My fiance was watching this for the first time, like when we, when we did our rewatch, and just I, I think that was like me cackling during this was the moment she realized she was she's not exactly sure like who or why she's marrying me. Like when it's the narrator's voice and he says you're in a Chinese opium den, Timmy. Like that is one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my entire life. Holy mackerel, Mister. You scared the jeepers out of me. How would you like to take a break from that fine lead-based paint and learn about dodgeball? Boy, would I! Wow. Where am I, mister? You're in a Chinese opium den, Timmy. This is where the sport of dodgeball was invented in the 15th century by opium-addicted Chinamen. <laughs> it, it was really... I, I, I don't have anything to add. It was really good. It's a really, it's a funny and clever way to introduce the rules of dodgeball and like Azaria's cackle when Timmy pops Winston in the face with the dodgeball <laughs> is just, just amazing. You get like one little scene with Hank Azaria, but it's wonderful. Uh, the next one I've got is the game against Troop 417, just because you have Steve telling a bunch of Girl Scouts, I'm going to send you to hell. <laughs> and then you have the the iconic God damn you Bernice line. During the ADAA required random drug screening, one of your players urine tested positive for three separate types of anabolic steroids and a low-grade beaver tranquilizer. I'm afraid, by rule, your team must be disqualified. God damn you, Bernice! <laughs> Which has lasted. Uh, it has, and you don't notice her. And I, I don't know why. They, they just do a good enough job of kind of hiding the, uh, the juicing uh, Bernice character during the, uh, uh, during the back and forth. And so it is a, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really uh, funny surprise shot as the camera pans, pans over to like the clearly juiced up Girl Scout girl. Um, and obviously it was topical at the time. We're just, you know, we're coming off of Sosa McGuire. Um, imp- important topical steroid humor. Yeah, I, I played small college athletics, and one of one of our favorite things to do was if someone like fucked up or something, was just to say, "God damn you, Bernice!" <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's another thing about this movie that is endured. Re- there are so many of those relevant full circle. Though you have, you know, we'll get to it. But you have Lance at the end, uh, yeah, pre steroid Lance. So uh, um, you know, it's a, 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 a nice uh, a nice bookend there on steroid content. 
Lance was probably very uncomfortable watching that scene at the time. Yeah. Uh, the next scene I've got is the the training montage that Patches trains the team. Rip Torn is just turned up to full throttle. What a what a blessed blessed performance. Uh, Dodger wrench is something that stayed in the in the pop culture lexicon and the the drink my own urine line. Like mm-hmm. those are two things that have endured as well about this movie. Yeah, I hear. I think this was the moment where I really um, realized I was in for a good time by myself in the movie theater in Southern Delaware uh, because I just remember rolling when in the initial Rip Torn scene, and it is, and he's great and everything, but it's just so right in his wheelhouse. It's it's pantheon Rip Torn performance. I think I don't I, I don't know, you know, where else you you would go besides the Larry Sanders show for that. Maybe I'm forgetting something. Yeah, it's fan. It's it's so just good. Fantastic. I mean, just I mean, he really could have just done the Hank Azaria and come in just for that scene, and you never had him again. And and he still would have been one of the three most memorable things in the movie, just for the wrench scene. It was so it was so good, <laughs> so good. All the like the wrench and the dodgeball hits are just incredible. Uh, just, fantastic slapstick. The next scene I've got is the first match, it, Joe's versus Team Blitzkrieg, and it's just it's a great introduction to to Cotton and Pepper, and all the, like. It's something like I definitely didn't pick it up when I saw it. When I saw this movie, I was in middle school, and I don't, I don't think I picked it up. But just like doing the rewatch, Cotton and Pepper having all this casual, like discussing the S and M gear that they're wearing, and it just had me in stitches. <laughs> um, uh, again, uh, uh, this was a, this was an uncomfortable moment for me. I think in the movie theater, uh, a, a pleasantly uncomfortable moment. But yeah, no, the uh, uh, when the announcers are, um, what is the? Um, there's a really um, like uh, it was like a good you know good dodge by the submissive. Yeah. <laughs> or it was like good catch by the submissive, and uh, it's just they they have the. Um, uh, uh, you know, the deadpan completely down throughout. We'll the entire, talk more about cotton thing. and cotton and pepper. Just one of the better parts of this movie. Uh, the best, I would say just, I, I think the best, I think. Yeah. I think that's pretty fair I, yeah. to say. I think that's pretty fair to say. Uh, the next one I've got is when white and Michelle, Michelle offer to buy Peter off. And that's just because of like my, this is like one of the the most random throwaway lines in this movie that always gets me is when he the Donde Esta la Biblioteca pager like straight out of seventh grade Spanish, <laughs> and he's just so funny to me. <laughs> he's he's like trying to intimidate him, and he just throws off that that line. It's just it's it's also like he's still a complete shithead, but it's the closest White Goodman seems to normal when he's trying to reason with Peter to take the money. Like he's panicked that they might. It was, it was kind of an interesting scene in rewatch. It actually being like he's it's the closest he is to like a real human being. It's like when Donald Trump will randomly say something coherent and be like, "Oh, did that, that come from him?" And it, so that's why I like that scene. Yeah, I'm not sure that that uh, that that landed with me like that, but I will. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Michelle because you know sometimes all comedy is is just a really well named character. <laughs> and, like I just like for whatever reason, the first time White turns to him and says Michelle, uh, that really uh, that really slayed me every time. Uh, it's you remember just my a, fitness consigliere, uh, Michelle. Michelle. <laughs> um, right? Yeah, and if it but see there, I think that's an important distinction. Like if it was Michelle, would have been it would have been you know two texts less funny. Uh, Michelle is just really uh, a spot on naming choice. 
Absolutely. The last the last nomination I've got for best scene and is kind of the typical thing for a sports movie. It's the last game. It's Joe's versus Globo Jim. The forfeit. You get the Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris, and William Shatner cameos in the matter of minutes. Uh, the uh, Peter win- winning five million and just the the st- the the hostile takeover of Globo Jim in two seconds. And you get Steve the Pirate coming back. I don't think that's my favorite scene, but I but I enjoy it. If you had to pick a favorite scene from Dodgeball, your best scene, what what's the pick? Who? I mean, I I I think that it's got to be Lance because the layers are so great with Lance. Um, because at the time, I mean, I was a big Tour de France guy, so we're in we're in peak Lance right now. And um, I don't think it was he was in the. Uh, the previews. So, you know, in the theater, I remember kind of not knowing that he was that he was coming and he really, you know, delivers that that whatever four line stanza um, about coming back from cancer to winning five to win five Tour de France's. Um, uh, he just he just nails it. He nails the deadpan. I think you better hurry up or you're going to be late. Uh, actually, I decided to quit. Lance. Quit? You know, once I was thinking about quitting when I was diagnosed with brain, lung, and testicular cancer all at the same time. But with the love and support of my friends and family, I got back on the bike, and I won the Tour de France five times in a row. But I'm sure you have a good reason to quit. So what are you dying from that's keeping you from the finals? Right now feels a little bit like shame. Well, I guess if a person never quit when the going got tough, they wouldn't have anything to regret for the rest of their life. Good luck to you, Peter. I'm sure this decision won't haunt you forever. And you know you have drunk Peter Lafleur. Um, you know Vince Vince playing the um, you know, the, the 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 comedic uh, side of it. Um, and then for just the you know residents over the years to go back and rewatch and like consider the contrast between you know how I was getting the feels that day in the movie theater for you know Hero Lance's moment to. You know, the fact that like now Lance is known for, you know, the gif that's going around of him like flipping off the camera multiple times and, you know, just being kind of an angry recluse in in uh, in Texas who cheated. Um, I, I think that that has probably the most resonance as a scene, though. Um, I'm t- I, I don't I guess, you know, Cotton and uh, Cotton and Pepper don't have like a full scene by themselves. So I, I guess that's where I'll have to go with Lance. The the Armstrong cameo was the perfect thing for the time. For sure. Yes. Like it, it, it hit perfectly for the time. It has an age as well just because of Lance Armstrong. I think my favorite is probably the, the Patches O'Hulahan intro. Um, from the moment he accosts Peter outside of the Dirty Sanchez um, <laughs> Mex- <laughs> Mexican restaurant. <laughs> the Dirty <laughs> Sanchez is good. From that to the montage is uh, is probably my favorite. Um, it, 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 so wait, so it goes straight into. Does it go from Dirty Sanchez into the the montage where it's like it's listing off all the different teams that are going to be in the tournament, like the She Men, and is that is that the transition? No, that's so it. Um, no, because it goes from the Dirty Sanchez to. I I, I think there is there might be two Dirty Sanchez scenes no 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 because there's the one i don't know there, there's the one where patches i think it was after they have like the dust up with the globo gym people and patches and then patches finds peter in the parking lot and uh i, I ain't crazy and i ain't a guy 
when he finds him. Just incredible, <laughs> rip, incredible rip torn moments. Yeah, I, the the montage with all the teams is really wonderful. I mean, I uh, you know I appreciate a bracket, uh, and because um, we didn't and, get one, you know, sure. you go through. You have a very you have you have a very problematic. Uh, team list that they go through this is the, i would think that the the area where uh, it has not aged as well on that front where you have like the you know kamikaze team and uh, <laughs> and, 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 and this is a good run just like the, the with the submissive with the snm uniforms this is another excellent cotton and pepper shtick where they're just kind of going back and forth where it's like you know uh, uh i i don't think i could wear a, a diaper uh, <laughs> um, cotton and you know cotton's like i feel like i'm watching a dojo and you know it's just like problematic stereotypical the best, joke the best back, pepper back, back. line we're we're actually let's take a quick ad break and then we're okay. going to get into best quote big screen sports is presented by betonline.ag there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner betonline.ag sports are slowly making their way back BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. You know what you didn't hear in this ad? MLB, because MLB has lost its mind. I don't know when we're going to be able to bet on it, but you can pretty much bet on everything else right now, so that's great. Uh, Looking for something other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag, use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, we're back uh, with Best Quote. And with a comedy, especially this one, it's hard. There's so many. There's so many of them. I I tried to pick stuff that, that endured. In, in, in the culture a little bit like there there's goddamn you bernice um stuff like that that we've already talked about it's hard not to put every cotton and pepper line <laughs> the, the nice literally ever by the submissive um i i've got i've got a few nominees um right in that in that first in that globo gym commercial uh, ugliness and fatness are genetic disorders much like much like baldness or necrophilia <laughs> which is a which is a great one to start out uh, the movie there's the one at the the car wash. This one I think is also endured. Uh, that's it, boy. Get in there all nice and deep, like. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> the the oh, he's rubbing his belly <laughs> with, with the dog barking at him, which is just incredible. Um, this one is. I think if you were gonna name one thing about this movie, like if you were gonna, it's it's if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Learn to be true dodgeballers. Then you've got to learn the five D's of dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. If you master the five D's, no amount of balls on earth can hit you. Quibbing, go ahead. Me or... Yeah, um, shouldn't we, like, learn by dodging balls that are thrown at us, or...? That's what this sack of wrenches is for. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. Uh, which is the like the pinnacle, the pinnacle line. It's like the most remembered thing. I think. Ooh, you think? Do you think that's? Do you think that's true? I I, I would think that it would be uh, two cotton and pepper moments. Uh, pepper talking to Cotton, saying it's a bold strategy. Cotton, let's see if it pays off for him. Yes. No. I'm being told that average Joe's does not have enough players and will be forfeiting the championship match. 
It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. That one is uh, also, yeah. Maybe that that's just me, but I, 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 I use that on Twitter at least quarterly. Um, and then, you know, the, referencing uh, airing on ESPN, the Ocho. Uh, I, I would say that those are probably the two longest standing moments. That's that's fair. That's fair. I mean, the uh, the cotton, all the cotton quips get used. The cotton and pepper quips get used all the time. Um, I'd be remiss not to mention uh, Patches O'Houlihan's. Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? No, but I do it anyways because it's sterile and I like the taste, which is just <laughs> it, it's it's like perfect rip torn there. Yeah, that's right. I guess some of my favorite that you didn't mention, um, Cotton's talking about the lumberjacks not even smelling a woman in eight months, and Pepper just <laughs> shoots back. They must masturbate a lot, Cotton. Um, that was really funny. Um, I think that the other Cotton, the Cotton riff at the end, um, following the uh, uh, Average Joe's win, where he like you know rips off all of uh, kind of some of the great historic calls from big moments. Uh, you know, it's uh, do you believe in unlikelihoods? Um, uh, when he goes uh, into the thing about I, I've even seen a grown man satisfy a camel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Down goes Fraser. Do you even believe in unlikelihoods? I've been to the Great Wall of China. I've seen the pyramids of Egypt. Yeah, I've even written as a grown man satisfy a camel. Um, that's a really, uh, really good shtick. Um, I, I, I do, um, uh, kind of enjoy, uh, um, the very Don Trump Jr. esque, like, uh, uh, jo- Joni loves Chachi, uh, reply <laughs> from, uh, uh, from White, uh, at one point. That was, I, I think, the one time that White, uh, gets me to, gets me to laugh during the movie. The last line before the credits hit. The last one I have written down is White uh, with fucking Chuck Norris. Fucking Chuck <laughs> Norris. That is also that is also good. Um, What's your pick? Would it be the bold strategy cotton? Uh, bold strategy cotton has got to be it for me. It's just, I think it's uh, tough it's to just pick so against good. that one. So good. Um, let's get into the, the most authentic and least authentic sports-centric parts of the movie. Um you know, for a spoof comedy like Dodgeball, it matters a little less, but it, it still, I think, does a, a few a few things that are really well and really effective. I think the most being that getting hit by a dodgeball, those like hard rubber balls in the face really hurts. And the movie does a great job of that. It does a great job with the slapstick. Um, yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't, you never feel like when you're watching the movie, I mean, a lot of times I'm trying to think like, you know, sometimes you're, I'm watching varsity blues and trying to think of a sports movie that comes to mind where you're watching it. And it's just, it just doesn't feel like a real football play. Um, sometimes necessary uh, roughness is really bad. about. Yeah. That. There you go. Um, you never, I mean, obviously it's dodgeball, you know, so, uh, lower bar than, than trying to make it look like a real football play. But, um, uh, you never feel like, oh, that was kind of ridiculous or, you know, that was, um, that, that wasn't really, that wasn't really realistic. I mean, uh, you know, you feel like every time they're deflecting the balls and catching them and, uh, um, you know, smoking people in the face that people are really taking the hits. They do a great job with that. Yeah, on a like a slightly more in-depth sense, the movie does a good job of taking an obscure funny premise and giving it legitimate stakes and making you care about the outcome. Like yes. caring about the outcome is a big part of any sports movie being good, but it's even more of a task with the spoof 
Yeah, and I've mentioned it a couple times now, but I definitely feel like with basketball, like you lose that over the course of the movie. I don't know if you've seen that recently, but uh, that's really funny. And similarly to Dodgeball, they do a good setup um, with it, with like creating the tournament and the various teams. And then and then it sort of loses its momentum because part of the joke is that it's uh, the, the rules are so complicated, but then you sort of lose investment in the in the team. So yeah, I thought that the whole tournament setup that they take you through sweet 16 elite eight final four, uh, they did a really good job with. And, you know, now, um, uh, you know, given the kind of sports that have been on ESPN recently, um, you know, it almost feels like it aged even better in that regards. Like, uh, I mean, it, they do a better job of, you know, creating an environment where the stakes feel real, than a lot of the actual real diva sports that you know ESPN's airing right now do. At this point, I would probably pay a hundred dollars for a pay per view dodgeball tournament. Like oh this, man, are you kidding? At least a hundred. Um, for least authentic, and th- this is a question I have to ask you, as opposed to it being definitely the least. I do you think Joe's has the athletes to make it to the championship in this tournament? Yeah, I, the the two least things is, uh, I mean, you have to have the loss to the Girl Scouts for kind of the bit, but it is hard to, you know, they do a nice job with having Rip Torn come in and kind of beat them into shape, um, but uh, I, 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 it, it, it's sometimes a little bit hard to to imagine them, you know, popping from from losing to the Girl Scouts to winning. The thing though about there is a massive chance in the game of dodgeball, right? And so, you know, I do think they do a pretty good job of that with like you know, I mean, it doesn't in a one and one out, you know, if one person catches it and there's a two person swing, you know, they do a nice job with that of multiple times. There being dramatic swings where, you know, a person will catch a ball or two balls. I mean, obviously, it is not realistic that um, uh, uh, that's why, why am I just I'm having a complete brain fart on the Stephen Root character's name. But, um, uh, Gordon. Uh, you know, Gordon, um, that Gordon would, uh, you know, be able to like take on four people by himself and be angry. But, I, you know, I think that we can give him a pass on that because that was part of the gimmick and the joke. For me, that didn't really annoy me. The the moment that it that gives me a little bit of eh is I, I think that they overplayed the hand on um, uh, Vince, like quitting and coming back late you know, and coming to the court late and all of that. Like, you know, I, I appreciated that, that that was all part of the setup bit for the Chuck Norris, the very memeable Chuck Norris moment. But um, it kind of feels like you could have used the Chuck Norris on like an out-of-bounds call or something. I, like, do we really need this whole, like, is he, will he or won't he come back to the, um, uh, come back to the court? I, I don't, uh, you know, I did, that one didn't sell for me. I can't remember if this movie preceded, like, the, the Chuck Norris memes, basically the, uh, the Chuck, you know, the, the whole Chuck Norris thing on the internet. I can't remember if this was pre or post that. Um, I think that it was, I think it had to have been a little bit pre, I guess. Right. Like Chuck, this, this might've jumpstarted gotten Chuck Norris back in. Yeah. Walker, Texas Ranger wasn't around or wasn't like still going. I don't think. Yeah, I, I I think I'm trying to think. So Norris, I, I I have my political mindset on this, right? So Norris endorsed Huckabee, I remember, in '08 or '07 primary, dead. I guess. And so by then the meme was definitely happening, and so it could have been starting around '04, um, or maybe it was between '04 and '07. I don't know, but um, it was 
you know, he did have the, you know, kind of rep. And as you said, the Walker, Texas Ranger. And, you know, you still see it's it's still, you know, the go-to thumbs up Jeff basically now, 15 years later. Yeah, well, it's it's a good cameo. It worked. Let's get into what worked about this movie. I feel like we've covered a lot that works, but there's just a lot about this one that that's great. To you, what sticks out? What what worked? Either sports stuff or just in general about this one? Um, Peter and Kate, uh, Pete, and, you know, uh, have a good chemistry, uh, which is funny since uh, Christine and Stella are actually married in real life. Um, that worked for me. That's always important. That the, uh, you know, even in a comedy that the romantic lead's worth. I mean, we've beaten this to death, but it's just, could you could you recast a better option than than Gary Cole and Jason Bateman um, doing the announcing? No uh, I mean, it is perfect. It is perfect. Um, it is even, I, I would say, it exceeds the major league bar, I would say, for, for announcer comedy. Uh, just because every... You know, every every line is a ten for them. Um, what they do well is, and and you know, I was thinking about this on rewatch as I was like, did other movies do this as in the early aughts? Because now they do, right? Now, 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 comedies especially like try to have moments and scenes where um, you know people people can tweet the images online. You know, memeable. Uh, yeah, you know Facebook and you know Instagram like memeable moments like they 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 go for that intentionally in in movies and and mu- music videos and such, but but I, I I don't know if this was if they were trying to do this or if it was by accident during dodgeball. But I mean, you have the Hoff, you know, you have a, you have two Hasselhoff moments. You know, you have Shatner, <laughs> you have um uh you know Chuck Norris with the thumbs up as as we were talking about. I mean, you have the images of them in the in the S and M gear. You have the fat Ben Stiller, um in the uh I guess that was kind of a ripoff from uh, Austin Powers um at the time. But you know, you have all of these. Uh, very memeable moments that have that have you know 15 year uh, uh, shelf life and 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 still going and Lance too and so they really did a nice job of like ducking all those references in and you know it's it feels like the kind of thing that uh, you could try and that would make something feel very dated after a while but for whatever reason it completely worked um, and and all of the all of the references were still funny. Yeah, it's 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 crazy how, you know, 15, 16 years later, those are still getting used all the time. Uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. It's pretty unique for the the comedies of that era era because a lot of them have have aged out. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to think of my other favorite comedy of that era is Happy Gilmore. And like I can't I, I, I can't. Is there ever any Happy Gilmore? It's. I think it is all. <laughs> I think it's all Bob Barker stuff. So we're actually yeah, you and we're recording this the like a couple days after the match. Um, it's not when this episode is dropping. We're recording it a couple days after the match, and there was a lot of that coming up with talk of Phil Mickelson fighting Tom Brady for playing so poorly. Oh, yeah, there was a right. lot of there was a lot of Barker references, but but Happy Gilmore certainly doesn't get them have the meme culture that. Um, that dodgeball does, and a lot of that, like you said, is the cotton and pepper stuff is just forever enduring. Yeah. Um, you know anything like I even even something like I feel like I'm watching a share video, cotton. Like whenever you're just <laughs> watching anything, that's like 
the the Miley Cyrus the Miley Cyrus VMA performance. I remember seeing a tweet about that. I feel like I'm watching a share video. God, it just it's still it's lasted forever. Same with the the oddball character variety in this movie worked really well. All of them could have been either overplayed or just not worked. But every single of those little characters on the team, the Owen, who's a loser, Stephen Root, who's got his mail order his mail order wife who laughs at him. Oh, that's so uh, good. Justin Long, Steve the Pirate. Like, they came up with the concept of Steve the Pirate. Like, a grown man, just guy in 2004 thinks he's a pirate, and it landed perfectly. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Steve the Pirate. Um, <laughs> and he, and every scene he's in is hilarious. I mean, the, the initial Steve the Pirate moment where he knifes uh, Peter's chin um, as he's walking <laughs> through and, and menaces him and args at him. And then, like, on the strip in Vegas when he's getting made fun of and people are throwing beers at him and stuff. And then, you know, his reemergence moment. I mean, every... Every Seed the Pirate thing is good. And, you know, we also haven't um, discussed, uh, oh, man, what's the, uh, I'm having another, uh, is it Owen? Um, yeah, And Owen. Fran, you know, I mean, there's like the, cla- there are a couple of extremely like uh, classic images of, you know, kind of the classic, uh, um, you know, kind of masculine German body bodybuilder and, you know, the, the skinny rail, uh, Owen, um, and, and all of those like niche characters, niche characters work too. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's perfect. And it's all like the movie. I mean, the uh, best, by the way, just like, on the quotes, because this reminded me, um, we none of it, neither of us mentioned Fran saying, please to make sex all over my face, <laughs> which is another <laughs> line that um, I may or may not have used in the ensuing 15 years. <laughs> just everything about this movie, man, is, is aged. It's a movie that the quotes you use in day to day life. Um, I feel, yeah, with all the oddball characters and stuff, like, I feel like this is. This is a given with any good movie, but it was just casted perfectly. Like, White Goodman is the perfect foil to Peter LaFleur, and then everything on down works. I have... This isn't something that doesn't work, but I'm just like... I was curious watching it. This is something that didn't occur to me when I saw it for the first time as, like, a teenager, but what are Peter's... What exactly is his post-championship plans? Like, he is he has proven to be a terrible businessman. He's either entering in a three-way relationship or breaking up Catherine and Joyce, and then I'm not... I wasn't an economics major, but I'm, I'm not sure the hostile takeover of Globo Gym would go that seamlessly. I just, I have a lot of questions about what Peter is actually doing post dodgeball. Yeah. And uh, the other thing, just right in that same scene, it all is at that point, I feel like they sort of forced the, the end there. I do um, the as a, as a, um, as an avid gambler, um, the timeline doesn't work for me either. Whereas where Peter is late for the match, He's, you know, having a beer with Lance or having a whiskey with Lance. And then he has to go and wager all of the money on the dodgeball match at a 50 to 1, you know, uh, uh, um, odds in the sports book and then get changed. You know what I mean? Like the whole thing, it didn't really it didn't really work for me. He would have had to have made the bet or like the bet and the not thinking he was going to play together um didn't didn't work as a storyline i've not spent as much time as you have thinking about his post-movie life i just presumed that he would like you know be having a lot of menage a trois and not really worried about it that much but maybe i'm maybe maybe you're maybe you're thinking about it correctly 
<laughs> well, well, let's go into what didn't, what actually didn't work. I, I have just a few, a few questions. There's not as much about this movie that didn't work. Obviously, we both like it, but it's, it's another Peter thing. How, how do you think Peter actually got into owning a gym? He's not very into fitness or business. He gives up very easily when he finds out the bank's being foreclosed. Like they have the car wash, and he's like, "Let's, I'll throw in the thong song, and we'll tear this place apart." Yeah, it's um, you know, I'm trying to. What is the timeline? I also just rewatched The Wire, right? And so you have, very different from Dodgeball. Yeah, yeah, but you have the guy in I don't know, was it season? I guess season three or four. I'm like on the character's name gets out of jail and starts his own. You know, kind of gym for uh, the corner kids in in uh, uh, that that has an average Joe's s vibe, and and in both you are kind of wondering where they are getting the like where did Peter get the the upfront cash for this you know um, as as I recall in the wire um, uh, uh, he has to go and and beg. Uh, uh, you know, beg the kingpin for the money to to pay for the down payment for all for all of the gym equipment. Um, it is, you know, and 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 he's not collecting any dues. Um, the backstory of of Peter getting to own Average Joe's doesn't work. But where I would disagree is he just he has the mien of an of a of a owner of a gym who doesn't like the you know newly globalized gym culture you know and so i do think that he uh he's like a gym uh, hipster yeah he sort of fit um you know like you said that opening scene where he's walking in and we're introducing all the characters um vince has kind of a natural fit anywhere so this was the actor maybe but um um i do think that that part that part worked for me the, the backstory um i think is a fair critique did you have anything about this movie that stood out to you that didn't work I, I don't think didn't work. I, you know, I, we're, we're in peak, um, you know, we, we've, we've bragged on how we're in peak Vince, but we're also kind of around peak Christine Taylor too. And I, I, I love her in this movie. We yeah. haven't really talked about her as much, but she's, yeah, she's great. I've ignored her because I didn't want to dog her. Um, I, you know, I think that she is fine in the movie. I, I don't know that she adds a whole you lot. You think she's like the stiller. She's just there because of stiller. Cause I think I like her in this more than I like her in Zoolander. And I think that's yeah, where I think she's I would much say, better. I don't know, and I would say almost she could almost be ruining for Zoolander for me. I mean, not ruining because Zoolander has so many highs, but um, uh, I guess I guess that would be the counterpoint to my earlier comment. By the way, that that early aughts movies didn't have memeable stuff that had staying power. Zoolander has extremely memeable staying power, but yeah, I, I didn't. You know, her her character didn't do much for me. I, like I said, I think that she had good um, chemistry with um, with Vince. But like the whole shtick about her as a lesbian and that her as a softball player who's very talented on the dodgeball court, I don't know, that, none of that really worked for me. Yeah, that, that storyline has kind of aged a little. There's not a whole lot in this movie, which is weird when you think about a comedy from that age. There's not a whole lot that's like aged really bad. Uh, like uh, Patches O'Houlihan does the retards trying to hump a doorknob line, which probably gets cut from the movie in 2020, but there's nothing... Yeah, but it's patches he's yeah. old i don't know the um patches is out there drinking piss like that's like uh, the 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 retards thing is like the the 50th worst thing about yeah. him i grimaced a little bit at the uh inner city champs um <laughs> that skills like that the, kills yeah, yeah the hip-hop <laughs> team i don't know I, I, I don't know i think maybe we 
they probably would have uh, uh, framed framed that up a little bit differently in 2020. But um, but no, there wasn't too much. Yeah, the one thing you know at the end where they do the it's the Joe's commercial and it's like, hey, everyone's you know everyone's happy now. Like Peter's Peter's with Christine Taylor and Owens with uh, with with Fran. Right. And then Justin Long and his girlfriend are, are clearly expecting a baby. And just, Justin's, Justin Long's character was in high school. <laughs> like, why, why I'm, conf- I'm very confused. I mean, I would have been, you know, if I was Justin Long, getting, <laughs> getting in on that too, probably. Um, who, this, I, it was bugging me, and I meant to Google it. Who, was, who is that, that actress? She's in something, uh, which is... Which is not so. She Amber. She is in Dallas. She has been in Freaky Friday, Cinderella Story, uh, Christmas with the Cranks, which is not a movie I've seen. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I didn't know her from anything else. Yeah, I don't. Supergirl? She was hot. I guess we didn't mention. I guess the fact that we haven't mentioned it showed that it didn't really work. the The whole cheerleading uh, subplot. I mean, the the initial scene where Justin's Long's character is trying out for the cheerleading team and he gets crushed by the uh, big cheerleader girl. Shout um, out Lori Beth Denberg cameo from all that fame. Um, it was like the Nickelodeon answer to SNL. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was excellent. The cheerleading tryout scene. The cheerleading in Vegas tournament scene uh, didn't do a whole lot for me. That I would I would say the same um, when we get to the improvement category. That's uh, I've got something. Uh, about I'm sorry that. that I jumped the improvement. Category. Oh no no no! We yeah, th- this podcast is about jumping around and, and never staying on point. Um, the last thing was something that that what didn't work. Uh, this is a question from the Big Screen Sports Facebook group, which I'm taking one question per episode from a list from a uh, listener. Uh, Josh Miller asked, please discuss the missed call and the sudden death in dodgeball. So it, it's a screenshot from the movie. I've seen it on Twitter. Peter is clearly out of his triangle when he throws that ball that knocks out white. And my thing is the triangle is so small. I don't, the, the whole, the, the whole concept of the sudden death dodgeball and having to stay inside that triangle is kind of interesting. And it, it it's like a duel, but it, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of strange. Yeah, so uh, the, here is uh, where um, uh, the the movie benefits from being a dodgeball. Like if this was a basketball movie, and you know they're stepping over the free throw line, or you know doing like uh, a blatant travel in a game winning shot would really bother me. But um, I'm I'm not gonna let Peter stepping outside the line and dodgeball get me down. Not at all. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Um, the Kevin Costner and Freddie Prince Jr. awards for best and worst on-screen athlete. It's really hard to to gauge who's good at dodgeball. I will say that Ben Stiller can absolutely hum a dodgeball. It looks like he's really bringing. He's got a great great lefty release. Yeah, who is the best? Uh, um, I'm trying to. You're, I mean, you're I, made to think that Peter is really good, and Kate Veach's really softball it. thing is supposed to like they do that whoosh sound effect with it. Yeah, I um I would say that Rip Torn stands out. I mean, he is as a great coach, and as a both as a as a really legitimately great coach who would inspire, and he's chucking those wrenches. 
Um, he's humming the wrenches he's at, humming at, the wrenches. at their faces. And a lot of, I, I would say, the other teams, you know, looked like they had very, you know, realistically talented dodgeball players. Um, I, 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 I didn't think anybody on the average Joe's team really stood out as, as being particularly uh, uh, looking like they would be an all-star dodge player, dodgeball player in real life. Besides, like, Joel David Moore stood out. The guy who played Owen stood out as a bad dodgeball player, but he's supposed to be a bad dodgeball player. So there's yeah, really same there's with, no camp. Same with Stephen Root, I yeah. would say. Um, the, I think the tightest, the, the toughest thing to pick in this movie is the Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award for Best Supporting Character. I'm considering everyone who's not Vince Vaughn, Christine Taylor, or Ben Stiller a supporting character. Wow. Um, and so I, I have four nominees. I okay. the combo of Hank Azaria and Rip Torn is Patches O'Houlihan. Stephen Root is Gordon. Alan Tudyk is Steve the Pirate, and then Gary Cole and Jason Bateman as Cotton McKnight and Pepper Brooks. Now I know that means I left out Justin Long, which I feel Hurts like he might feelings. have nominated. But I I think it is tough. I, I think it's a really tough call, honestly. Hmm. I, I don't think that it's tough to eliminate Steve the Pirate, um, uh, who was a good character, but not really on the level and that we're talking about. And also and also Gordon, um, I think we can eliminate. Uh, I think it's clearly a choice between Rip Torn's character and uh, Cole and uh, Gary Cole and Jason Bateman's characters. And uh, doing the uh, SAT thing where you eliminate two answers that you know aren't the right answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm starting to narrow. I'm trying. I'm buying myself time um, because uh, I, I think if we're if we're getting the lump of them, the answer is put Cotton and Pepper. But my question is, as standalones between Rip and Hank and Gary and Jason, who would I pick? And I think I have to go with Gary Cole, um, Cotton McKnight's consistent deadpan. Um, uh, the movie, if you replace him with somebody who is, is, is overshooting the jokes, um, or who doesn't have, you know, kind of an announcer's timing. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to witness the greatest happening in sport. Sudden death dodgeball. Pepper needs new shorts. Uh, I mean, it, it could really change the movie negatively, um, in a major way. Uh, I think that you could lose Hank. I think you could probably find a um, a Jason Bateman replacement. Uh, so so Gary Cole, Rip Torn gets barely edged out by Gary Cole. I think. I think I'm going to agree because he has it's this it's like he has the perfect play by play guy cadence. Perfect. Like he could be announcing a, a basketball game or something, but instead he's saying like "nice dodge" by the submissive. Like it's just, it's the perfect, it's just the perfect, he's playing the straight man to like Pepper's wild guy. And it, it works, it works flawlessly. And as a, as a tandem, I don't think you can pick against him at all. Yeah. I think that's right. I also have to mark down Jason Bateman. I didn't, uh, you know, as an audio experience, I mean, he is nailing the jokes, every joke he nails. I didn't really understand the physical comedy and the wardrobe on him. Um, it just kind of didn't match Jason Bateman, the person. I got the type of, you know, stereotypical 2004 skater outfit, um, but, I, you know, I did, the look didn't really work for me. 
Well, you mentioned all their jokes and stuff. There was in the IMDb trivia, there was a thing that they have to they had to keep re-recording lines and stuff because stuff kept changing in the screenplay and like with with improv and everything. So somewhere there's just a bunch of B-roll of Cotton McKnight and Pepper Brooks just firing out zingers. And I really need that in my life. I would um, that that would really be something that I could use when I'm getting down here um, and during the during the stay at home order. Yeah, that that'd be something that I would I would pay to stream. I've had to pay to stream both Scoob and Trolls World Tour, so I would definitely drop twenty bucks to just get get the B roll of uh, of Cotton McKnight and Pepper Brooks. Um, let's roll into the big chill. Every you know every good sports movie has a big chill moment. This is a sports comedy. It's not what it's going for. I will say on upon rewatch, I got weirdly got the chills when Gordon was getting angry and winning the match by himself. And then um, the down goes Goodman moment is like supposed to be the big chill moment. But in a comedy, I'm I'm just I'm not really sure that's there, but it's I'm not really going to fault the movie for it. Yeah, I mean, they go for a co- uh, I, I guess this could be another one that didn't really work. I mean, they go for it with the um, uh, the cheerleading uh, moment as well, which obviously you have no um, uh, you have no build up for. So, um, you as a viewer couldn't give less of a fuck about that whole cheerleading thing. You really couldn't. Um, and so no, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm trying to think if there's like an underrated big chill moment earlier in the movie. And I just don't think there is now. Um, well with that, let's go into how to improve it. Um, this is, this is a very, very, very good sports comedy that I love very much, but I think the cheerleading thing, I could have done without it. I think there's a different way to get her there, cheering Justin Long on without doing the, the random leaving the casino to go do the cheerleading routine and back. That, that doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah, and if you're going to go do it, um, you need something really funny to happen there. You know, we didn't need a B romantic comedy plot like we already had the kind of A romantic comedy plot. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I have to agree with you on that. Yeah, there, there could have been they could have done something different, but I'd, yeah, I, I, I don't know what it would be. I could have recap. I, I could have used like um, I'm trying to think of like, you know, in the Simpsons, uh, uh, the classic Simpsons baseball episode where you have the ringers like I could have used a average joe kind of daryl strawberry ringer or you know (laughs) dwight gooden or something to come in and and be on the team at some point during the tournament um uh you know that's a you know maybe just a nice to ask for a little cherry on top but that's something that i I would have thought about improving absolutely last category before more restore would you rather see a a prequel uh sequel or remake i i'm all for a sequel I, I would love if they did this prequel, sequel, or remake. Um, I'm trying to like trying to imagine what a prequel would even look like. You and... get that scene of uh, of Peter Lafleur sending White Goodman a uh, a stripper, a congratulatory male stripper <laughs> to the Globo Gym one year anniversary. <laughs> that is true. That was that's that's such a good moment. Um, yeah, I I think that um I, I think that sequel is the answer. I, I don't I, I it's hard to see how a remake um meaningfully improves upon it. Um I, I don't think there's much to add in the backstory area and um you want to be able to keep cotton and pepper. So I'm I'm with you on sequel. Yeah, there was a per Wikipedia 
In April 2013, it was announced that 20th Century Fox had started developing a sequel to the film with Clay Tarver writing the script and Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn returning to star. However, Ben Stiller has since stated that he wasn't aware a dodgeball sequel was happening. A reunion video featuring the cast was released online in June 2017, announcing a competition to raise funds for the Stiller Foundation. I actually remember when that happened. Everyone looked very old, honestly. Uh, in that yeah, video, kind of but depressing. I would, I would, yeah, I would still, I would still take a sequel. I would say a sequel would have to be Vince Vaughn in the Rip Torn role um, as the coach, maybe a player coach, and you keep Cotton and Pepper, and uh, and then then pretty much clear things out and just and, and bring in a whole new cast for the for the tournament. I would take it, but what we got is great. Uh, it's a Hall of Fame movie for me, without a doubt. It was very fun to discuss it, Tim. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on Big Screen Sports. Tell the folks again where they can find your work. Man, I'm so grateful for you giving me this hour um, away from the uh, the just grim reality of our political life. Uh, I appreciate everybody bearing with me with a with a crying toddler in the background for a couple of minutes. And um, you can read me at thebulwark.com, uh, Tim ODC on Twitter, and occasionally in Rolling Stone. And if you enjoy this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also check out my podcast from Phenom to the Farm, an interview series presented by Baseball America every other Tuesday. And with that, we'll catch you next Monday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.